0: Hello and welcome to the Big Picture Podcast. My name is Bidimir Lugundi. This podcast presents interesting cybersecurity topics, news, and events, and how they affect us and influence our decisions, thoughts, opinions, and lifestyle choices on a daily basis, as well as how they all fit into the bigger picture of online security in this digital age. Today on the show, I'm going to be talking about how scammers are using sophisticated technology to spoof the FBI, the Federal Bureau of Investigation in West Texas. So basically, scammers are becoming more sophisticated and organized in their approach. They are becoming more tech savvy and often target young people and senior citizens. So thanks for joining us. Let's get to it. So the incident happened on Friday, March 19, 2021, about two weeks ago. So a female singer and songwriter, let's call her Lisa, um, she suddenly found herself running late to our first ever studio recording session. So who's Lisa? Um, what's What's the deal with a studio recording session and a female singer and songwriter? So a bit of background into what Lisa does. Every Friday... Since around the summer of 2018, Lisa has been performing at a popular hotel in El Paso, Texas from about 3 to 4 p.m. And then later at night from about 11 p.m., to, from about 8 p.m. to 11 p.m. So during the pandemic, those Friday night performances turned out to be a literal lifesaver. For Lisa and her extended family, because most of her siblings, cousins, uncles, and aunties either lost their jobs or saw significant pay cuts due to the pandemic. So again, there's this um young singer songwriter, let's call her Lisa. She she found herself running late to her first ever recording session in El Paso, Texas, because she had to do a a performance at a popular hotel and then get to the studio to record her uh, first session and then return back to the hotel for another three hour performance so for a while lisa had been trying to explore her music talents trying to find a decent studio where she could record a few songs and then go from there Lisa's manager was able to finally get her some studio time at a popular recording studio in El Paso, Texas. And that Friday, March 19, was her first studio session. So because of her hotel performance schedule, she booked the studio appointment for 4.30 p.m. to 6.30 p.m. Since the studio usually closed at 7 every day, 7 p.m. However, the 3 p.m. performance she had, the first performance of the day for Lisa, the 3 to 4 p.m. performance began late due to technical issues and ended about 10 minutes later at 4.10. So she figured she would be cutting it close for her studio appointment at 4.30 since the studio was about 14 minutes away um, by, by drive from the hotel via the I10 highway. Unfortunately, that 14-minute drive ended up lasting approximately 25 minutes because of some traffic on the highway. So, basically Lisa was definitely going to be late for the studio appointment, which she was. At about 4:40 p.m., she pulled into the recording studios parking lot where she was met by her understandably nervous manager. But then she ended up recording for the scheduled two hours, but she didn't feel like she did a good job. Partly due to the rush from the hotel and also knowing that she would have to rush back to the hotel because she had the 8 to 11 p.m. performance. She also felt like she didn't make a good first impression on the studio guys. And there was also the part where she felt that she made her manager look bad, which could jeopardize the new relationship that they were trying to form with the studio. On top of all that, all that, she was supposed to head back to the hotel almost immediately to get set for her three hour performance where she would have to go over technical stuff like sound systems, stage lighting, um, get her makeup and outfits ready. And most importantly, to eat something, which meant no downtime for herself, no time to relax and recover. Plus, she had tons of calls to return and messages to reply. So after the recording session, she spoke with her manager and the studio guys briefly, then went to a car to relax, compose herself, and take a well-needed breather before heading back to the hotel. So while scrolling through her text messages, um, trying to relax a little bit, um, check some social media, and so on, a call came in from an unknown number with a 915 area code, which is the area code for the El Paso area. The caller ID app on lisa's iphone identified the number as belonging to the federal bureau of investigation hmm that's kind of weird why would the fbi be calling lisa she first thought it was the wrong number maybe the fbi mixed up the digits and ended up calling the wrong person so she let the call go unanswered she went back to reading her text message text messages and a few minutes later The same call came in again from the same 915 number. This time, she got curious, and while still leaving the call unanswered, she Googled the number, the actual phone number, and saw it listed on several law enforcement websites, such as the actual FBI El Paso website, some El Paso city and county websites, the websites of the El Paso Office of Emergency Management the main Department of Justice website, and other websites that direct people to where and how to report crimes or other fraudulent activity. So now, fully alert, thoughts began racing through Lisa's mind. Clearly, the call had to have come from the FBI because not only did the the caller ID states that, okay, this number... Is registered to the Federal Bureau of Investigation. She actually checked online, and more than ten different websites was showing her that this number is for the FBI. You can call this number to report anything you want to report. There's the main Department of Justice website listing the phone number under the El Paso field office um, section. So. All of this was just causing more confusion for Lisa. A few minutes later, the same number called back for the third time, and Lisa answered the call. The caller spoke clearly and politely, just like the FBI agent Lisa usually saw on TV. The caller addressed Lisa by her full name and made mention of the case, of the case number of an active investigation against Lisa. The caller made it clear several times that the case was urgent as the FBI was about to issue subpoenas for documents and Lisa was therefore required to confirm her date of birth, social security number, and U.S. passport number on that same call. Now, clearly shaken at this point, Lisa asked if she could take a minute and call the caller back as she didn't know her social security number offhand. The caller replied that she would wait on hold as the call may be disconnected and he might not be able to reach Lisa again and in addition, the case was very urgent, time was of the essence and any further delays could end up costing Lisa drastically. So at that point, a light bulb turned on somewhere at the back of Lisa's mind that there was a remote possibility that this call could very well be a scam. She remembered seeing something online um, a while ago about how scammers often used a false sense of urgency to get people to act first without thinking. But then, the call was coming from an actual FBI phone number, which raised another round of questions in Lisa's mind as to maybe this was some kind of inside operation, someone that infiltrated the FBI, or an FBI agent at gone rogue and calling people up to scam them into divulging their sensitive information. Or maybe it was a prank and someone that knew her and worked in the FBI office was getting their colleagues to play a prank on Lisa. And it was just so many different scenarios, so many crazy scenarios playing in Lisa's mind. So to, to take a chances. Lisa replied firmly that the caller would have to either call her back within a few minutes or she could call him back because not only does she not know her social security number offhand, but she would also have to make a few calls regarding how to handle this case on her own end and also verify the caller's identity so that she can feel more comfortable before proceeding. So at that point, after some hesitation, The caller agreed reluctantly and said he would call Lisa back in 10 minutes. And he repeated the name he gave earlier. He repeated the case number he mentioned at the start of the call and then hung up. So Lisa immediately called her cousin who works as a border patrol agent in Las Cruces, New Mexico. Her cousin confirmed that it was a government impersonation scam As no federal agent would contact anyone in that manner, not to mention asking for sensitive information over the phone. So that was, that was the incident that played out on March 19th, um, Friday. And I'm now going to present some, some kind of background into this entire incident. So apparently, the, the Federal Bureau of Investigation, the FBI is aware that these kind of scams are going on, and they've actually seen an increase um, increase in the rates of these scams, especially in that part of Texas, the western part of Texas. So as a result of incidents such as this one with Lisa, the FBI field office in El Paso sent out a press release in both English and Spanish on Wednesday, March 24, 2021, regarding the significant increase in both phone calls that spoof the FBI's phone numbers as part of various scams, most recently trying to obtain personal banking information or gifts or wire transfer payments from unsuspecting citizens in the El Paso and general West Texas area. So for a bit of context, to help understand why this part of the U.S. is attracting the attention of cyber criminals El Paso is, is a Spanish word for, um, it literally means the pass in English. It's a city and the county seat of El Paso County in the U.S. state of Texas. El Paso is located on the far western part of Texas with an estimated population of about 700,000 people. It is the second largest city in the southwestern part of the U.S. behind Phoenix, Arizona, and is the 22nd largest city in the entire United States. The El Paso metropolitan area is made up of three cities. That's El Paso, Las Cruces in New Mexico, and Ciudad Juarez, the most populous city in the Mexican state of Chihuahua. So it's right there on the border with the US and Mexico. Ciudad Juarez has a population of about million people, which makes it the most populous city in that Mexican state. Altogether, these three cities constitute the largest bilingual and binational workforce in the entire Western Hemisphere of the world. And there's, understandably, a constant flow of people, goods, and services among all the three cities that make up this metropolitan area. According to the FBI... The scammers use sophisticated technology to spoof the FBI El Paso's main phone number, which is 915-832-5000, and also the Midland Texas FBI's main phone number, which is 432-570-0255, so that the calls these scammers make appear to be coming from the FBI on the recipient's caller ID. In the scam, the fraudulent callers post at FBI agents to inform the victims that they are under investigation. They provide a fake name and a non-existent case number to trick the victim into believing that they are FBI agents and also obtain personal information such as their name, social security numbers, date of birth, and other banking information. It is important to note that legitimate law enforcement officers will never call anyone to demand cash or gift cards from members of the public. The FBI defines these types of scams as government impersonation fraud, in which criminals impersonate government officials in an attempt to collect money from the victims. According to the FBI's Internet Crime Complaint Center, the IC3, over 12,000 people reported being victims of government impersonation scams in 2020 from all over the country, with losses totaling more than $106 million. In 2020, in the U.S. state of Texas alone, there were, there were 1,171 victims who reported about $6.1 million in losses. 29 of those victims were from the city of El Paso and they lost about $1.3 million. So in terms of percentages, 2.5% of the total number of victims in Texas accounted for approximately 21% Of the total losses. Again, let me repeat that. As of the total number of victims in Texas in the year 2020, 2.5% of those victims were from El Paso and they accounted for approximately 21% of the total number of losses, the total amount of losses in the state of Texas. So as of Friday, March 5, 2021, 141 victims had already reported over $3.2 million in losses in just the first, it's not even the first three months because March 5 is just five days into March. So as of the first two months of this year, there had been... $3.2 3.2 million dollars in losses from these scams from just 141 victims. In El Paso, there have been nine victims who reported $321,850 while in the Midland Odessa area no incidents were reported in 2020 and none so far in 2021. It could be that these individuals in the Midland Odessa area are yet to report any criminal incidents to the FBI. So I I have some recommendations to to wrap up this episode. The first is be wary of answering phone calls from numbers you don't recognize. Do not send money or gift cards to anybody that you don't personally know and trust. Never give out your personal information, banking information, social security number, or other personally identifiable information over the phone to individuals that you don't know. And if you feel that you might have been a victim of this or any other online scams, report the incident immediately using the IC3 website at www.ic3.gov. That's I-C, the number three, dot G-O-V. And that's all I have for today's episode of The Beat Picture. The episode is produced, edited, and audio-engineered by Yours truly, Bidemi Logundi. Please join me again next time as I continue with a deep dive on cybersecurity topics, news, and events, and how they can be applied to our daily lives for robust cyber threat intelligence and awareness. Make sure you subscribe to The Beat Picture on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, Amazon Music, Google Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts from. Please share the show with everyone you think might benefit from it. For questions, comments, or any suggestions on which topics you might like to hear about on future episodes, please send an email to bidemi at thebidpicture.com. That's B-I-D-E-M-I at thebidpicture.com. Also, please don't forget to leave a review. Um, If your podcast platform allows you to do so, um, it would really help the the show to get um, more popularized as much as possible. Thank you for your time. God bless and talk to you next time.